This is Keith Thews with your weekend report for news to go. Breaking news on Friday afternoon coming in in the four o'clock hour through at least two sources, one of them Agenda Free TV plus another one and has been shared on our Facebook group is that Vladimir Putin has decided that next week he is going to go ahead and invade the country of Ukraine. This is extremely serious situation and your prayers are definitely requested um, as well as keep track over further details on our Facebook group as war in that area is now very, very imminent. Uh, we will be keeping you abreast of the latest situation as it becomes available again. Vladimir Putin through two sources so far this afternoon on Friday in the four o'clock hour is going to go ahead and make his move on Ukraine. Please stay tuned to our Facebook group for the latest on this very serious world crisis. From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Nick Harper. U.S. President Joe Biden has announced that he'll unfreeze Afghan assets worth $7 billion in the U.S. to help fund humanitarian aid. But half the money is expected to be given to families of the victims of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. As FSN Sarah Walton reports from New York. On Friday, Joe Biden will sign an executive order unfreezing $7 billion worth of assets kept in New York by the Afghan Central Bank. He's expected to ask a judge for permission to move half of that into a trust that will pay for immediate humanitarian aid for Afghanistan. The remaining $3.5 billion will be made available for a legal claim for compensation from families of people killed in the 9-11 terrorist attacks. The Taliban has repeatedly called on the US to release the funds to help avoid an economic crisis in Afghanistan. The United Nations says just 2% of Afghans have adequate food and 96% of people in the country could fall into poverty this year. US President Joe Biden has warned things could go crazy quickly if Russia invades Ukraine. He's urging all American citizens to leave Ukraine immediately. In separate comments, the US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said a Russian invasion could happen at any time. Meanwhile, back at home, the Biden administration is urging the Canadian government to resolve the trucker protests that are disrupting travel along the US-Canadian border and slowing car manufacturing. As FSN's Caroline Malone reports from Washington. Groups of truckers have blocked the Ambassador Bridge connecting Ontario to Detroit for four straight days. They're calling themselves the Freedom Convoy against vaccine mandates and other COVID-19 restrictions. The transport link is the busiest US-Canada border crossing, which accounts for at least 25% of all trade between the two nations. There's already been a big impact on car manufacturing, with some plants halting production while they wait for parts. Authorities in the United States are also concerned that similar protests could block major US cities. The Russian Olympic Committee could lose its gold medal in the team figure skating event after one of its star skaters tested positive for a banned substance. Russian athletes are competing at the Beijing Games under a neutral flag because of past Russian doping offences. As FSN's Julia Chapman reports from Moscow. The International Testing Agency has confirmed that 15-year-old Kamila Valieva tested positive for trimetazidine. The angina drug increases blood flow, helping improve physical efficiency. It's been a banned substance since 2014. The sample was taken back in December, but the results were only returned on February 8th. 
Kovalyeva was temporarily suspended by the Russian anti-doping agency, which reinstated her the next day. That decision will now be appealed. Valieva made history this week when she became the first ever woman to land a quadruple jump on Olympic ice. From Bureaus Worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Today, at length, a clarion warning about the dangers facing global democracy. It came yesterday from former British Prime Minister Sir John Major speaking at the Institute for Government. In each of the last 15 years, democracy has shrunk a little as political and civil liberties have been diminished. In many countries, democracy has never taken root. Where it has, it risks being weakened by populism, often with added xenophobia, or muzzled by elected autocracy. It's challenged by protest groups or new and more extreme political movements. Even our great allies in the United States are facing populist attacks on their democracy. Now, good government, by which I mean democratic government, has a duty to deliver unwelcome messages to electors. That isn't easy. Isn't easy in a world in which politicians are under continuous scrutiny from an uncontrolled internet, a 24-hour media, and an increasing number of impatient special interest groups. The hard truth is, while government can do much, it can't do everything. All problems can't be swiftly and painlessly resolved on demand. It is literally an impossible task. If politicians admit that, they earn trust and respect. Sir John Major with a critique not just of recent developments in Britain, but a warning of the dangers to democracy everywhere else. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. And the main news again, US President Joe Biden has announced he'll unfreeze Afghan assets in the US to help fund humanitarian aid. He's also warned that things could go crazy quickly if Russia were to invade Ukraine. And the Biden administration is urging the Canadian government to resolve trucker protests that are disrupting travel along the US-Canadian border and slowing car manufacturing. There's more from us on Twitter at Feature Story. That's Feature Story News, Nick Harper reporting. News Nation This Hour, I'm Vic Vaughn. Eight police officers in Phoenix, Arizona, are hospitalized with gunshot wounds. Police Chief Jerry Williams says they were responding to a shooting at home in Lower Buckeye, near Western Suburb, early this morning. As one of our officers approached to help, a suspect opened fire striking him multiple times. There was a baby in the home who at some point was placed in a carrier and placed outside. As officers went to bring that baby to safety, the suspect continued to shoot. That's when seven more officers were wounded in an exchange of gunfire, led to an hours-long barricade situation. Suspect was eventually found dead inside the home. A woman found with him is in critical condition. The baby was not hurt. Police could soon be forcibly removing Canadian truckers protesting on the Ambassador Bridge that crosses over the Detroit River along the U.S. border. The mayor of Windsor, Ontario, is seeking a court order. There is no doubt the hallmark of our, our joint democracies is the ability to express yourself, the ability to demonstrate and protest. That is okay. What is not okay is choking off uh, the busiest border crossing between our two nations, uh, the lifeline for an essential part of our economies. On News Nation last night, it's a protest over Canadian vaccine mandates. Officials there believe it's illegal. It's now impacting the American supply chain and auto manufacturing. Today's the deadline for roughly 3,000 New York City public workers to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19. represent about 1% of the 370,000 persons 
in-person city workforce. City Hall said up to 4,000 had failed to comply by the end of January, but the number has since dropped, with more either starting to comply or producing their vaccine cards after they were notified last week that they would be fired. I'm Ben Thomas. Man accused of killing six people at a Christmas parade outside Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and of injuring dozens more with his SUV faces arraignment today. News Nation's Nick Smith. 39-year-old Daryl Brooks Jr. remains in custody on a $5 million cash bail after being bound over for trial in January during a preliminary hearing. Waukesha County Circuit Court Commissioner Kevin Costello found probable cause to order a trial for Brooks, who is charged with six counts of first-degree intentional homicide. The criminal complaint was later later amended to include 71 new charges against Brooks, including 61 counts of first-degree recklessly endangering safety. It happened November 21st in downtown Waukesha. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and the News Nation Now app. I'm Vic Vaughn. Friends, we're in desperate need of revival. And I'm not talking about large crowds of folks gathering for an advertised event or rally, getting excited and leaving on an emotional high. No, I'm talking about revival that comes when the Holy Spirit enters in and gives new hearts. And its evidence is seen in small communities gathering together on Sunday mornings, getting up early to go over ancient manuscripts and to drink wine before noon. Oh, and they pray week after week for each other and their communities. Revival is spirit-filled people attending to these means, being discipled. Discipled into learning how to live as a sent people. You see, disciples know that God's primary work is not in the church. God's primary work is in the world. And disciples are the instruments that God uses in the world to make known the rule and reign of King Jesus loving their literal neighbors in the hope that they might see a preview of the coming kingdom of heaven. You see, revival is not about getting folks saved so they can go to heaven when they leave this world. Revival is about eyes so fixed on heaven that folks live to bring it down to earth. So quite often it only comes when folks see this earth is clearly in need of a little heaven. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church and we're considering Psalm 60 a psalm that has in its subtitle, Instruction. It is a psalm meant to teach us. And its content? Well, it's a plea for God to restore or to revive the land, my friend. It begins like this. You have rejected us, God, and burst upon us. You have been angry. Now restore us. You have shaken the land and torn it apart. Mend its fractures for its quaking. You have shown your people desperate times. You have given us wine that makes us stagger. I think this sounds a lot like the present day. 2020 was like an earthquake and the tremors continue to the present day. We've seen economic turmoil, intersectionality, political crisis, debates about the pandemic. Friends, we're in desperate times. Our land is fractured, as is the church in America. Recent national statistics show that 1,500 pastors a month are leaving the ministry and a comparable number of churches are closing their doors. Most point out the reasons are, well, COVID or politics, the dying of the megachurch which carried the Christian freight, which has now been sped up its death after the digital cat was let out of the bag when everything went virtual. Others will point to leadership scandals in the church. Well, Psalm 60 is written in the context of national calamities as well. 
particularly war. But did you notice there was only one reason given for all the fracture and desperation? The people are staggered, not because of war, though that is happening. The war is evidence God has rejected them. It's evidence that God is angry. That's why they plead that God restore them, revive them. Friend, are we crediting God for the troubles sweeping through our land and impacting our churches? Do we believe in the sovereignty of God, His absolute control over all things? I hope we say yes. Let me ask another question. Has the church become too much like our culture so that we no longer have anything to say to our culture? And would it then follow that God may be doing some pruning in our day? The context for Psalm 60 is David acting like the kings of the world. He chose to war against neighbors in order to become rich, to gain a larger share than what God had allotted. And while he was focused on expansion in one direction, Israel got attacked from another. Do you think that God decided to put an end to Israel's worldly pursuits? And he may be doing the same thing in the church today. If that is true, perhaps we need to see the real battle we need to be fighting is the one going on inside our hearts. Our overfixation on the world, our fears today of what we might lose or what might happen. Friends, revival is something we pray for as we cultivate a new fear, a healthy fear of God. And fear of the Lord is actually to be our delight. Listen to verses 4 and 5. But for those who fear you, you have raised a banner to be unfurled against the bow. Save us and help us with your right hand that those you love may be delivered. We hear the language of warfare with this image of a banner. But actually in Isaiah 11:10, we hear the same word. We read about the Messiah who will stand as a banner for the nations. Friends, let us be praying that the church will again make our Lord Jesus and his cross and resurrection that banner around which we begin to rally around again. You see, that is the one thing that scares our true enemies, who, by the way, are not flesh and blood. And here's the thing. Our Lord Jesus has already been given all authority in heaven and on earth, Matthew 28, 18-20. Psalm 60 will go on to say how our Lord claims all the lands around Israel. Our Lord Jesus conquered sin, death, and the devil and has made our whole earth his. And because it all belongs to Jesus, we simply go out under his banner proclaiming the good news and asking and praying for him to prosper us as we do. Psalm 60 ends with these verses. Give us aid against the enemy, for human help is worthless. With God we will gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. Friends, the battle is not won by means of human power and exertion. Neither do we fear the opposition we might face because of that. We simply return to the ancient manuscripts, we eat the bread and the wine, and we get on our knees. And after we go out as the most powerful people on the planet, disciples filled with Almighty God the Holy Spirit. So let's learn a lesson about revival from ancient Israel and pray that God will bring it in our own day. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to. At this time, as we close our alert cast for this weekend, would you join me in prayer? Dearly Father, Almighty God, we who are listening to this on iRadio or on the podcast come before you to please pray for peace and a change in Vladimir Putin. Lord, we ask that if he does decide to invade, that you protect the people of Ukraine. 
and that somehow civility and diplomacy will win over, over war and destruction. We pray for all soldiers of all countries who are in that area of Europe. And we just pray that this doesn't spiral into the Third World War. In the name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen. We will continue to alert you on the latest developments. Stay tuned. This is a very serious situation.